baby. We're live. We're here. We're in it. We're having a That's good time. That's awesome. It is. It is cool. I like how you're so amazed with this. It almost feels like <laughs> I made this website. When I just honestly, if you had this. told me, I'd be so impressed. I'd be like, "That's so cool." <laughs> yeah, I mean, honestly, I would have a bag if I made this website. This is a pretty good website. That'd be worth I, a I feel it's... like with like podcast recording platforms like this, so many of them don't work. That I'm always sure. impressed when they work well. So I'm I'm happy to mm. hear this one's working well for you. I might might do some experimenting. True, true. On the lukewarm oh, game side, excited to check it out. For the people at home, uh, we're using a little website called Riverside FM to record the podcast. Now we've been using it for like the last three episodes. Get so. that sponsorship! Um, Come on, let's let's go. Riverside. Let's see what happens. Need it. Riverside. Hold on, hold on. Let me see what I can do here. I think I got something for you. Who do we got to talk to? Yeah, you should flex your little media badge. Yeah, that you had at PAX. Flex it go. to Riverside. Get a sponsor. Wait, did you guys hear that? Oh wait, no. Here, watch this. Watch this. Powered by Riverside FM. Oh, okay, okay. Let's go. I'm not playing that ever again unless they put some money in our pockets. <laughs> Hell yeah. We could put, like, if they put money in our pockets, that's going at the beginning, middle, and end every of every 10 right, seconds, right. Yeah, yeah. bro. Every 10 <laughs> seconds is going to be. It'll be like a drinking game. Every time Riverside <laughs> FM is mentioned on the Player Player podcast, you got to. <laughs> I like absolutely, that. I like that. Absolutely. But, guys, how you, how you guys been? How you guys been lately? I guess we'll we'll go round robin around the table. Uh, you know, I guess we'll start like this. Whoever guesses a number closest to the number I'm thinking right now gets to say what you know, say how their week was first. I'll start with you, Arsene. What number do you guess? Thirty-eight. Okay, Luke. Okay, I'm gonna go twenty-five. Okay, the number was a hundred and nine. A hundred and nine was Damn. okay. Arsene. Okay. Let's how go. you doing, Let's baby? Go. How you doing? I'm, I'm pretty good. Um, you know, having a good old time this past week has been uh, pretty, pretty solid. I'm trying to think. What did I do this past weekend? Went out to dinner with my wife. Uh, we had a good old time. This little ch- uh, Thai restaurant called Chai Yo in uh, okay. in Atlanta. Sounds so it was good. pretty solid. We saw it on. I don't know if you guys know the Try Guys on YouTube. Yeah, I'm familiar. I'm okay, sure. so they they now have a Food Network show called wow. no recipe Ooh. and they go that around making fun. they like run into like a restaurant and they're like yeah y'all got an hour we need y'all to make some drunken noodles right now and they're like oh snap we got to get going so one of the restaurants they came to atlanta they went to slutty vegan and then they went to chai yell so we were like "Ooh, those noodles look pretty solid so we had to make a little stop we got um advertised to pretty hard there and we had a good old time though it was like quite uh it was nice and quiet um so, so we like, went like right after opening they're running that pitch nice. into the ground, bro. That that pitch of, hey, let's just make food that we don't know how to make. Whoa, yeah. wacky, wacky, wacky. And they ran wow. it straight to Food Network, and Food Network said, yeah, we're going to give you all the <laughs> We'll season. take it. We'll take well, it. We got, we already, all our shows are already the same anyways. We got 10 different variations of Hell Kitchen and, and Master <laughs> Iron Chef or whatever. Exactly. This is true. Might as well throw that in there as well. Yeah, let's okay. bring some amateurs in and have them make stuff without <laughs> a recipe. So it was a, it was, it's, a pretty, it's a pretty little fun little show, so I recommend y'all checking it out. But yeah, other than that, just playing Rumbleverse, bro. Oh. New Fortnite season dropped as well. I mean, I heard about that Splatoon ripoff is what I'm hearing. It is a Splatoon, Splatoon rip- ripoff. Ooh, <laughs> they go. they have a new uh like in the lore. There's this thing called the Chrome, and it's taking over Fortnite world or whatever. And basically, if you get chromed up when you like sprint now, you turn into like a blob, kind of like you know you turn into like the little squid in Splatoon. And then you can like jump through walls and shit, and I don't know. It's it's pretty Splatoony right now. They had to capitalize off of uh, Splatoon Three's release. They figured this now is the time to capture the children. Yeah, the people at Epic know what they're going, they're doing over there. They got the marketing scheme down. They know for sure. But yeah, that's it for me, Luke. What about you? Um, it's been a pretty chill week. It rained over the weekend in California, which as a Pacific Northwest kid, I was very excited about. We went for nice. rain walk, got some coffee, hit up a local bookstore. Um, kind of just been taking it easy, playing a lot of video games, catching up nice. on ca- catching up on work from some travel recently. But yeah, it's been good. I got two okay. questions. For sure. One, did you pick up any new books? And two, where have you traveled? So a couple of weeks ago, I went to Seattle when I saw Joseph okay. and the PAX That's West right. crew. Um, yeah. 
And then I feel like I've still been kind of in the PAX West vibe because we've been doing a lot of podcasts, writing some articles, um, reviewing some games from that experience. So I feel like still in the PAX mindset, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Um, And then as far as bookstore, didn't pick anything up because I felt like I have a couple things. We were just talking about it right before the show. I got to finish Invincible Compendium Volume 2. I got a couple things that I'm like, I got to finish these things before I bring more backlog graphic novels and books into the mix um, okay i mean but i always love perusing a bookstore regardless so it's always that's a true. fun time that's fair that's fair coming back to what you said about like being in pax west mode or pax mode i totally get that and i'm also just like man how do these people do it how do these people how are they <laughs> reviewing all these dang games i'm like I'm playing sh- uh, Shovel Knight. I was for a second. I was like, "Can I say that?" Yeah, I can say it. this is not going out until like uh, you're going to release this after the embargo. And also, yeah, yeah, yeah. also we can say it. But uh, I'm I'm playing Shovel Knight, and I'm first of all, I'm like, do I want to beat this before you know the embargo lifts? One, no, because I kind of I just want to enjoy the game, right? Like, even sure. though I'm doing this preview coverage, even though I'm getting the games early, I don't want to get to a point where I'm not enjoying the games just to do coverage because that for me personally that's going to defeat the whole purpose of me even like covering these games and, and, and whatnot so i'm like oh that's that's the whole thing but then i'm always thinking like i'm like trying to write i'm trying to make a video for this one so oh, i'm nice. like, trying to put the script together for the video and i have all these ideas and i'm like for sure can i get this out by thursday like what are we doing here <laughs> um so it's been it's been and also i'm i was uh playing another game uh no place for bravery which also the embargo list for oh, that that's right tomorrow. that one's this week as well too right yeah release yeah date. so i'm like for a second i was like am i supposed to cover both of these games i mean honestly i still might we'll see if i'm in my bag tonight if i can you go <laughs> you know crank out an article but uh right on that's awesome ran into a game breaking bug on that one unfortunately so Ooh. uh i was like okay well i guess i guess i don't have to continue playing this one for now i'll, I'll play something something else but um Cool, cool. I'm excited to see what your Shovel Knight dick coverage looks like in a couple days. Yeah, I've been playing a lot of it. I feel like similar boat to you of I'm I'm playing, I think, more of it per day than I normally would if I was just like enjoying the game at my own pace. But mm-hmm. it's so fun that it definitely is that like one more run, addicting, want to keep mm-hmm. playing, end up playing an extra hour or two, lose track of time. Um, yeah, it's really fun. Um, shout out to Yacht Club club games for hooking us up with those early release copies i can't yep. tell you how cool i felt getting that email <laughs> a week before the release date and downloading the game and immediately jump in i was like wow wow i, I was very excited <laughs> nice okay, and are you guys okay. playing on uh through steam wait hold up hold up hold up we'll get there we'll get there we'll get back to <laughs> okay, we'll get back okay to yeah, shovel we'll dick talk in, in about five minutes here the, the, uh, there's uh, a lot to uh un, i was gonna i tried to make a dig pun it didn't happen okay i was gonna undig. say a lot to dig up. Un, uncover maybe Unearth. you know your yeah, Unearth. yeah we're getting there okay okay uh you know to round us out here um i'll keep it brief not a lot happened this uh past weekend uh but one went to go see the movie barbarian uh, if you don't know what barbarian is just go look at it just go just go look at it it's a horror film uh, and it's one of those movies where it's like it's best that you know as little as possible going in. It makes for a more enjoyable experience. I had um, a friend pitch me on the movie, and he was like, "I'm not going to tell you anything, but you should just mm-hmm. go see it if you think you'd be interested." And like, interesting. I might yeah, see. Yeah, yeah. So Do you recommend good. it after you saw it? Oh yeah, oh yeah. Nice. I'm a I'm a big horror movie fan. I love horror movies, especially when it's like a pretty interesting concept uh like you know most recently like midsummer and stuff that really kind of just like is is not your typical horror stuff uh i really like this one this kind of fell into that category of hey like we're trying stuff new it's not exactly uh everything you it doesn't play by the numbers um and it's not too scary okay Uh, there are some scary moments but it's not like it's not going to take advantage of you with a bunch of jump scares or anything like that so is it comparable to Midsummer? Because Claire and I went to see that at, because of kind of all the buzz around the movie. And mm-hmm. while we definitely enjoyed it for the cinematography oh, yeah. and like the out there nature mm-hmm. of the movie, we definitely left the theater and we're like, what the fuck did we just yeah. watch? <laughs> is that kind of the takeaway from Barbarian? Or, for uh, sure. Bar- 
No, no. So mid uh, barbarian is a little more approachable. Like it is not. Okay. Okay. Like, it is not overly messed up to the point where you're just like, bro, what is going on? Okay. What are we watching? Mm. Um, there are moments where you're like, oh no. Nah. Like I, I had a lot of <laughs> oh no nah moments, right? Where I was like, oh come on now. Like what are we doing here? But uh, overall, not 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 terrible. Okay. So right on. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let me go ahead and I'm gonna turn echo cancellation. Oh, can I turn echo cancellation on? How do I do that? You can. Let me just here. click the. Oh, cannot change while recording. Okay, well, oh. there's echoes, everybody. Let me tell you real quick. I apologize, but anyway, we're gonna keep the show rolling. Actually, what we might do is we'll stop the pre-show, turn on echo uh, cancellation, and then go into the to the main show. But anyways, sounds good. Um, also, went to this Korean barbecue place last night. Ooh, uh, nice. It's called Korea House here in Seattle, south side of the city, and I think Marysville, Washington, or, or something like that. But um, yeah, it was a very nice uh, situation. One of our friends' boyfriend's parents owns the restaurant, so they were like, yeah, we're just going to roll up. And he was like, hey, bro, let's <laughs> hook y'all up. We're going to bring out all of this meat. You know, we're going to, yeah. you know, he, he had the Olive Garden special, you know, when you're here, you're nice. family, you know nice. what I mean? So, uh, <laughs> That was a that was a nice time. So everybody, go check out Korea House if you've uh, if you're looking for some Korean barbecue. You got a car in the Washington area? Go ahead and show them some love. Hey. And with that being said, let's get into the god dang regular show, not the regular show from Cartoon Network, the the Player Player Pod show. Deep cuts. <laughs> Deep cut. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. Welcome to episode 220 of the Player Player Podcast. Before we get started, I want to give a big thank you to the both old and new additions to our crew tuning in to listen to us do what we do. And what is that, Arsene? Talk about video games. That's right. Talk about video games. Every Thursday of every week, we gather around the virtual water cooler to discuss video games and the culture surrounding them. I'm your host, Joseph Hooper, a.k.a. The Hoop Man, along with my co-host, Mr. Dig himself. Arsene Lakpa. Guys, it's me, Mr. Dig. I'm out here digging every day. <laughs> I'm digging up all the gems and the rubies and the emeralds every day. <laughs> wow. That's me. That is, you sound hella <laughs> sleazy, bro. Hella sleazy. <laughs> I feel like somebody named Mr. Dig would be sleazy. Fair enough. Fair enough. And joining us today as our third chair, we have the Pizza Kingpin, the music master, one half of the Lukewarm Games podcast. You are not his father. Luke Lewis joins us today. Hello, hello. Thank you for that intro. That was amazing. Happy to be here. <laughs> Cracking me up. Yeah, glad to have you, man. Glad to have you. I hope everybody got the you are not his father uh, reference there. Because, you know. I think it's clear. L- okay. Luke is a key right. part of my, my brand, you know. Okay, okay, okay. Fair enough, fair enough. Luke. We already talked about how you're doing. We talked about how your last week has been. We're glad to have you here to talk about a couple video games. Let's go. So you were on the episode back when uh, the big news broke earlier this year that Microsoft was purchasing Activision. Um, you know, just but, a, kind of a slow news day, but yeah, real few things to talk day. about. <laughs> real slow news day. Uh, but for the people who did not listen to the episode, do you want to give a little intro about yourself and, and your content and all that good stuff. Yeah, 100%. So like you mentioned, I co-host the Lukewarm Games podcast with my partner, Claire. It is a weekly video games and pop culture podcast. Um, we cover reviews, news, as well as long-form interviews and do some fun feature discussions with topics that we create um, and just try to spread good vibes, celebrate video games, critique respectfully so, Um but I think if you enjoy player player, you'd enjoy lukewarm games and um, yeah, video nice. games are cool. Video games Hell are yeah. indeed cool. Before we get into the main topic, which is Shovel Knight Dig and our impressions of the game, just a quick reminder that if you guys want to help support the show, you guys can go to playerplayerpod.com, go to the bottom of the page and visit our Ko-Fi link or 
honestly, you could just go to the description of this episode. All the links for our social media as well as our Ko-fi link are in the description of this episode where you guys can donate as low as a dollar if you guys want to help support hosting costs for the year. If you don't want to support monetarily, that is okay. You can go to playerplayerpod.com slash discord, also in the description. You guys can just join the conversation, help us build the community up, talking about some video games and having a good time. Also, leaving a pro- by leaving a positive review on your platform of choice. So iTunes, Spotify, go ahead and slide us a, a review of you know however many stars of your choosing, um, and that will really help us out a lot as well. All right, guys, now is the main event. For the first time ever, we're able to talk about a game before it's actually, you know, be re- you know, been released. Uh, so Let's go. I guess by the time this episode comes out, no, when does the game come out? The 23rd? It comes out Friday. It comes out Friday. You'll be able to pl- listen to the episode, get hyped. We're play having the game some exclusive content today, guys. Like, if you're listening to this on Thursday, not many people have what we're telling you today. I promise you that. <laughs> Only maybe a hundred. We'll, well, I don't know. I don't know how many people. Anyways, guys, we're here to talk about Shovel Knight Dig. Um, if you are not familiar with Shovel Knight Dig, I feel like we have had to talk about it, uh, about our first introduction to it on the podcast. I believe that was the year that Arsene came to Seattle for PAX West. We went by the Yacht Club Games booth just because, you know, we know Yacht Club. And they had Shovel Knight Dig there for demo. That was three years ago. Um, and we came away from that demo. And we were like, dang, I cannot wait to play this two months from now. Like this, this game must be coming out soon. Like it feels so good. It feels almost done. And then, uh, then we didn't hear much about it. Silence. Uh, silence. There was a yacht club game showcase, uh, earlier this year. And they were like, Oh, shovel night dig, you know, it'll, it'll come eventually. And we we're like, wait a second. Oh no. Like, what are we talking <laughs> about here? And finally earlier this month, we kind of got like a little shadow drop announcement where they were like, hey, it's coming out at the end of this month. And as we talked about on the podcast a couple days ago or a couple weeks ago, we were like, let's freaking go. Let's freaking go. Can't wait to get our hands on it. And, well, I guess the wait is over. We finally do have our hands on it. We're going to give our sin our initial pr- impressions because Luke has also played the game. And I guess we'll start there. Luke, what are your thoughts on the game so far? I guess – in addition to that, uh, one, just for transparency, we're playing this on uh, PC. We got PC codes. Uh, one, the codes were provided by Yacht Club Games, so shout out to them for that. Um, and two, just let us know how far do you think you are in the game um, and what are your overall impressions thus far? For sure. So I've put about nine or ten hours into Shovel Knight Dig. Like you said, I'm playing on PC. I am playing with a controller, um, and I have beat, trying to think, two bosses. Um, The game is quite difficult, but I really, really enjoy this game. Um, I think it is an incredible evolution of what made the Shovel Knight games so fun, and I think specifically the roguelike procedural generation elements in this one really set it apart for me. And it does some really unique things within that space. Um, it's one that I got the code on Friday. We're recording this on Tuesday. I have wanted to play every every day. I've thought about it while I'm at work. Like, man, I can't wait to finish what I'm doing right now so I can just go play more Shovel Knight. Um, it has that addictive gameplay loop where you just want to play one more run um and when you get a good combination of upgrades and accessories and gear and you're rolling through and the combat's flowing and you're you're dodging all these enemy encounters um it just clicks so well and is really satisfying nice nice um from my point of view i kind of just want to echo everything you've said like i think my my steam says that i played maybe seven hours or so um and it's pretty hard to find a complaint with this game like it is very fun like for what it is and i think the game is very very tight um i think they have nailed you know every aspect of what they're trying to go for like two times over and they've done a really good job polishing everything about it as well like um i think you know even you know just from the game design the way that they teach you how to play the game where there is no tutorial 
but the way the levels are laid out especially when you go through the first dungeon and you're going to be running through that first like little area quite a lot like you start to learn just through like the visual design the level design how things are are laid out you're like oh okay i can do this or oh this is where i'm supposed to go or oh this is how i'm going to navigate um this specific area and it is like uh i'm writing a uh, a script for a video review in it i basically say that this game is you know as much of a roguelite uh it's a puzzle game as well it's it's a Mm. pretty like every time you jump onto a new screen uh, a timer basically starts kicking down and you have to look at the screen and say okay what do i need to do here to to get the max value out of the screen that i'm on so whether that means like picking up these golden cogs that will uh, inevitably allow you to get a health refill or a extra perk at the end of like uh, one of the I'm going to call them chambers It's not a chamber, but like say there's three chambers in an area at the end of each chamber, you can refill your health if you collect all three golden cogs in the air in the chamber. Um, so there's a golden cog on the screen, but because there's enemies like coming towards you because you have a timer where there's this giant drill that will start swinging and basically one hit KO you if you wait too long on a, any certain screen, you kind of learn the screen and you say, okay, like I need to do this to get here. And a lot of times, you'll literally start the screen falling, right? So you'll fall. There's no platform to sit and stand on and think about. You just kind of have to think. And it gets harder and harder as you get to, uh, you know, harder areas within the run. Um, and I think so far, I it's really hard to find a complaint uh, about the game. I mean, you could say, oh, the game is too hard. The game is pretty hard. But uh, there are plenty of accessibility options. If you're there to just have a good time and enjoy, you can increase your health, increase your damage or whatever. Um, and, and you can just have a good time and play through the game and see all the levels and, and fight all the bosses. But um, overall, I, I, I'm i very interested to see what my complaints will be by the time I, you know, everything's said and done. Because right now I don't really have any. Um, like there have been times where, I died of something and I'm like, oh man, like that felt kind of like, I, I felt like that wasn't super fair or whatever, but those, those times are few and far between. And I think for the most part, um, those are usually situations that I get myself in that I wish I could have just had at least one option to kind of revert back out of. Um, but overall, pretty, pretty good game. Pretty, pretty dang good game. Uh, our sin. Do you have any mm-hmm. thoughts, any questions um, based off of our initial um, pitches or overall impressions of the game? Um, just a couple of thoughts and then a few questions. Um, you know, obviously, I did not, uh, I haven't played the game yet. It's definitely going to be on the list to must play on Friday. Um, and I'm excited. I'm glad that you guys are liking the game. And, you know, it's, takes, it's taking all the worry that I would have ever had, you know, completely out of my mind. So that's um, awesome to hear. Um, I guess question, question one, I know that, you know, roguelikes typically aren't very lore heavy, you know, you focus a lot on gameplay, that's like kind of the main, you know, draw to these uh, style of games, but I know Shovel Knight, you know, we're at our, technically the fourth game now, technically, in this uh, franchise, so, you know, there's obviously a level of, uh, you know, storytelling that has been built up prior to this. Do, would you say that this game, you know, kind of provides, you know, some level of like, you know, storytelling or is it just purely like uh, like a simple like, oh, you found out that this one guy is doing something bad and you just got to start digging? Is Like, what? where are we kind of on that spectrum of no lore to full lore? Luke, do you want to take this? Yeah, sure. I think for me, I think the strength in the writing is the like engaging encounters that you have with npcs i think like the overarching narrative of the game is pretty straightforward like there's some evil evil doers you got to stop them they're digging into the ground you got to dig after them and find out what the heck's going on that's like the setup gotcha. but the you know whether it's a boss whether it's an npc there's always like hilarious entertaining dialogue um I was also going to mention that like the level variety I think is really insane in each run to the point where like you're running into new and different NPCs, even in the same like introductory world, um, you're meeting new characters constantly. So 
you know, like one of my favorites was I ran into this mole. His name was Tom Bola and he like rhymes everything with his name and it's just like funny and quirky. And then he like spins a roulette machine and gives you a power up like stuff like that Mm -hmm. of like, it's not like such an engaging narrative, but it's such an engaging like moment to moment funny encounter that keeps me interested to, Oh, who's this new character I've never seen before. I wonder what their deal is. Memorable exchange that sort of thing. So yeah. would you say like maybe something kind of like, uh, sorry, I didn't cut you off, but I guess just real quick, just no, to add good. on something kind of like Hades in a way where, you know, you kind of got those tidbits along the way. Yes. Personally, I felt I was pretty invested in like the overall narrative structure of Hades. And I think there's just like Hades has so much lore. Whereas I think Shovel Knight is more gameplay forward. But okay. I'm curious, what do you think, Joseph? Yeah, I think uh, you hit the nail on the head. I, I would say, like, Shovel Knight Dig as a game is a spinoff of Shovel Knight. And mm-hmm. I feel like you can kind of see that in the narrative as well. Um, it seems like Shovel Knight Dig is doing a lot to pay homage to the people who have actually played through the mainline Shovel Knight series. Um, I played through the original Shovel Knight, but I didn't beat it. Um, so like, I'm not super familiar with every single character that shows up, but it's very clear that like, so every time you dig down, like you come like at the end of your run, you come back up to the surface and there's like a little campsite, uh, and you'll find characters there. And like, after a couple runs, this campsite was like overrun with people. There was like, hmm. there's like characters consuming the screen, walking around and you talk to them and they have like little funny quips or whatever. Um, and it's clear that these characters all have very unique designs. These are people in the Shovel Knight universe that you probably recognize if you play through all the games. So uh, I don't think that this game will like expand the lore very much. I don't like I'll, I haven't finished the game, so there might be something there at the end, especially as you do more and more runs. Um, but um, it, it there definitely is like something there for people who are fans of the franchise. Um, you'll see people that you you know know familiar faces, and I think you'll at least get like the humorous aspect out of like the interactions and stuff. Cool. Cool. My second, and I guess probably my last question here. Um, so I remember from the OG shovel Knight game, one of the, you know, aspects in terms of gameplay, at least was kind of the, uh, I guess like the responsiveness and like the snappiness of the controls in the game. Like it felt good to play. It felt good in your hands. Um, if that makes sense. Um, you're, you're always, you know, pogo jumping on top of people with your you know shovel like swiping people away or swiping enemies away was always um you know pretty straightforward and it didn't it never felt like you were too floaty too heavy it was like the perfect balance does that same feel like translate over to shovel knight dig i know obviously it's a different um you know game but i just Mm want to know has that translated over yeah i mean i would say that 100 percent has like I feel like especially you'll you'll start to feel this and it'll be very apparent as well as you start to get into the later levels of the game like the the game demands like a level a certain level of preciseness and, and perfection from you as you get to the later levels like it's like I said like you'll come into a screen and you'll immediately be falling and there will be spikes everywhere and you need to be like okay I need to land here here and here and it's just like a pixel of space that you can pogo across um there are you know Mm. uh you there are situations where you need to use enemies um to like as platforms or as like tools to progress in the level without taking damage um and even the boss fight themselves like the very first boss fight um that was even at the demo at pax you're fighting this mushroom guy and this mushroom guy still screwed i don't know about you luke but this dude still fucks me up basically oh yeah every other time <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm playing like just the way his bouncing pattern happens and Dang. like his suite of moves but um it definitely is like you like you definitely have to be precise um you as you do runs you'll be able to find like a move master type deal where you can learn new moves to uh you know add into your run and stuff like that you get relics to 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 kind of um basically have a special attack as well um so it almost seems like they took the gameplay to Shovel Knight and then said, okay, we're keeping this gameplay and we're going to build a new game around it uh, with with the same feel and, and, and stuff. Luke, do you agree or what do you think? Yeah, no, 100%. I think the game controls so well. This is like top-tier platforming combat 
across the board. I think the digging mechanic also just, it makes a ton of sense given Shovel Knight's main weapon of choice. And it, but like from a gameplay perspective, it's just really satisfying to traverse through the levels. And like Joseph was saying, these levels are so like intricately designed and challenging that um, um, my partner Claire was watching me play one night and she was like really impressed at like how quickly I was moving through the first level. And I was like, it's not because I'm like so good at the game. It's just like the nature of this gameplay is like you got to move quickly and it just mm-hmm. keeps the momentum and it's always engaging. And um, like I, I keep hinting at the, the gameplay variety and just the level design at play, I think is really, really impressive. Um, I think of one of my favorite roguelikes, Dead Cells, that I absolutely mm. adore. I think of those early levels and how kind of visually and like in terms of traversal repetitive they feel. And like i still love the game but in in hindsight it 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 is a bit repetitive in those early stages especially but for shovel knight even in that first world every time i play it like the level verticality feels different i'm finding different rooms i'm finding different upgrades and accessories even the boss encounters like the layout of the rooms where you fight your the boss switches up um and like the placement of items and different things so like it never feels stale. It always feels fresh and it, it keeps the gameplay just really fun. Yeah. Nice. I, I did, and you know, I wish I was good enough to talk about the in game or like the last couple levels more, but there was one run or maybe like one or two runs where I got pretty deep into uh, like pretty deep into a run. And they, they are very clever with how they do some of the level designs later on. Like, um, we're getting to like almost celeste levels of creativity in terms of like like oh like now you have to platform like this or now you have to use this the the environment this way to 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 get through the puzzle um and that's another tough aspect of it where it's like once you get to these later levels they're completely fine with changing the entire mechanic scheme on you and it's like hey like you were just digging in the first area now you have to like now you're doing some wacky stuff and you kind of have to learn very quickly because like I said, like you're on a timer every time you hit a new screen. So you have very limited time to learn how the, how the uh, screen works or how the level works. And if you do miss a golden cog or something, that's super costly. If you're, if you're low on health or something like that. So um, it's tough, it's tough, but it's shout out, shout out to like the developers for coming up with a pretty, cool and unique level design i don't know if um what the level design is like in the original shovel knight games like how it evolves as you play through them uh but they did they were in their bag in this one nice cool i think i'm Um, all questioned now here two quick things i did want to shout out um one i think uh i guess the thing i want to call out i am playing this i played the entire game on the steam deck thus far nice um when I talked to the PR rep at PAX, uh, Celia, um, I asked her, hey, like, is the game going to be on Steam Deck? And she's like, we're just kind of focused on getting the game out. Um, and, like, you know, we'll try and get a Steam Deck verified at a later date. Uh, I was like, all right, well, if it doesn't work on my Steam Deck, I'll just play it on my PC. And I have had zero issues at all on the Steam Deck. Like, every nice. now and again. Verified. <laughs> every every now and again, I guess the audio will speed up. Like if I put the Steam Deck in the mm. rest and I open it back up, the audio is like really sped up. But I just exit out and, and go back in, and everything else has been pretty flawless. Um, so shout out to that. And second, I think a testament to this game is I think this game would be a really good uh, arcade cabinet, like in a modern. Ooh, I like that. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, um, yeah. Because the game is really simple in terms of controls. I can see them putting like two or three buttons on our arcade cabinet and calling it a yep. day. And like the way you traverse the levels, it's pretty straightforward. So um, I think this could be crazy. Just like Enter the Gungeon has. That's a cool idea. And like the added. visuals too. I'm like imagining what the art on the arcade cabinet would look like. That'd be sick. And the, oh my God, the soundtrack, man. Like the soundtrack it's is It's so good. Awesome. It's, it's unreal. It's, it's very, very yeah. good. And then especially to like, I think this was one of the first games where the second world is a water stage. 
and honestly i love it the music's great the okay. gameplay is fun you're fighting cool crab lobster looking enemies um <laughs> to joseph's earlier point about them like totally changing up the gameplay i don't think this is a spoiler personally because it's like one of those things of like you have to experience it to like understand but there's like this mechanic where you're in a bubble and you like have to like go in and out of bubble form to like make it through toxic environments and so like your timing bubble mode not bubble mode and like amidst the water level and this epic soundtrack is dope it's crazy because i get to the water level i'm like lord help me bro i don't know if i can make it i like everything the water level for some reason it just i i feel like i rarely made i made it to the water boss once um, it's so. it's tough but like i don't know for some reason the music on that level specifically really clicked with me and i just like get in a rhythm i'm not saying i'm good at it but i enjoy <laughs> playing it's it. cool it is for cool. sure it is cool um cool so i guess i'll leave it here uh where do you think and this is for luke where do you think this game is going to get rated metacritic wise Ooh. I just feel like it's such a mechanically sound game. Like I haven't hit any bugs. It's super polished. It controls well. Visuals are incredible. Music's incredible. Gameplay loops. Awesome. I would say like low nineties at the, the lowest. I would love to see like 94, 95. I think it warrants Whoa. it. Whoa. I, I'd say like, I'm going to say like 91 is where I think it'll probably net out. Just because I think there will be some folks that are like, man, this game is really hard and in a punishing way. Whereas, like, I kind of enjoy the challenge, but I there again, like, I really enjoyed Sifu early this year or Elden Ring. Like, I, I'm in it for that to some extent, so to each their own there. But, yeah, I'd say, like, 91 would be my guess. What do you think? So for the folks at home, uh, Luke and I were on a team at Video Game Trivia, and we were we were the professors. <laughs> we were coming out with all these Metacritic scores, uh, and we did pretty damn well. I will say, we, we were good. like, yeah, we did pretty good. So uh, we'll see how close we are here. Um, for me, like if I had to just randomly give it a score right now, I would give it a nine out of ten uh, because it's not a t- like it's not a ten. It's not blowing my mind. It's not changing gaming or or the genre or anything like that but so far it's so good that it's like hard for me to see where i could justify knocking it down a score um now you know once i finish the game and i'm it might be light on content it might be you know it might be a little cheap at the end like there could be different things that i discover closer to the end but so far i'm at a nine um i think this game will probably score uh around an 87 uh just because i think you know to get in my head it's like to get above a 90 there has to be a decent amount of people giving it 10s or in some cases five out of fives because they're weighted the same i can see a Mm. lot of five out of fives because when you when you're like grading on a zero to five scale i think this is just like a very good game uh just like i would give something like tunic a five out of five or something like that um but like i i think when we're grading it on a scale out of 10 i feel like the highest most people will give it on a ten, on a scale out of ten is a nine, um, just because it's not the Elden Ring, it's not the Celeste game changing type of game, uh, and I'm sure people there will be a decent amount of people that give it an eight because uh, it's not their type of game, or maybe a seven because it's not their type of game. So mm-hmm. I'm thinking I'm thinking eighty seven. Yeah, I don't I don't feel like I've played enough and i i want to experience like all the end game content to be able to be like this definitively is this score but i think just in terms of like the gameplay loop and how polished and how well it performs i think it's a it's a five out of five in terms of like gameplay prowess from what i've experienced Mm -hmm. so far Mm -hmm. cool cool well there there it is guys shovel knight dig go pick it up friday if this sounds interesting to you uh september 23rd for the people i mean honestly if you're listening to this it's either out tomorrow or it's already out people so just get with the program go figure it out go buy the game go buy the game um next before we get to kind of the news of the of the week i was also playing another game i think i talked about this in the pre-show no place for bravery um it is a game that um is uh made by or published by easebird games i think also uh, it might be developed by a different studio, but 
Arsene, can you look that up for me, see who the developer is? Um, but basically, I played this at PAX. I really enjoy my Wait, hands on. No place for bravery. The, all right, that's fine. the developer. Um, yeah, I, I played this at PAX. I, I had a good time with my hands on, uh, and they gave me a review code uh, to try it out. Uh, overall, I'll say the game is pretty promising. Um, there is a lot of good. Um, there is some bad, in my opinion. Um, so I'm kind of mixed on it. Uh, partly because the game is kind of for me, kind of not. So if I had to like summarize it in a nutshell, um, it has the vibe and the storytelling of um, almost a God of War. Um, you play as this, like, I guess this guardian who is basically the strong Norseman who's, you know, one of the strongest soldiers in this realm or whatever. You're a protector of the realm. Uh, and the game has a completely, has its own mythology uh, where it's like, oh, there's these protectors. They're protecting from, like, the end of the world, X, Y, and Z. Um, and this guy is, like, brutalizes enemies. He's, like, ripping them in half. It's all, like, pixel art, 2D uh, uh, art style. But he's, there's a lot of blood. There's a lot of gore. Uh, it's very God of War-esque in that uh, aspect. Um, there's almost an RPG level of lore. Uh, you do have skills that you can upgrade, um, and there's a lot of text that you find around the world to basically expand your understanding of what's going on in here. There's factions and stuff uh, that are trying to decide how to keep the order of this this world and whatnot. And the gameplay uh, is Souls-like, um, so and Souls-like and almost Sekiro-like in a way, where like it it relies heavily on parrying and like breaking your enemy's posture and stunning them so that you can get some good hits in or just blocking and dodging. Um, my issue with the game is that for souls likes, like for any souls, like my rule is always like, if you want me to fight these hard enemies, the, the combat has to feel perfect. It has to be like, if I get hurt, like it has to be because I don't understand mechanics or I'm not quick enough or my reflexes are, are not you know strong enough. And it seems like a lot of cases uh, in this game, that was not the case. Uh, it seems like there are either just too many enemies on the screen or, like, the movement isn't always there. Like, there are some, like, traversal puzzles where it's like, oh, there's fire blowing, so you have to time it right and then dash to the next platform uh, and, and, and do stuff like that. But it's like, you can dash, like, you can miss the platform. You can just kind of dash into nothing and take damage. And it's just like, oh, that's not... Like, I'm already taking damage from these hard-ass enemies, and now, you know, you're beating my ass for falling in this pit. Like, there's just too much going on. And then the blocking just doesn't feel right. Like, you can lock on, but a lot of times you'll have projectiles that are coming at you, or a lot of times there'll be an unblockable attack that your player doesn't feel fast enough to, to dodge get out of the way out of. So that kind of took a little bit of the thunder out of the game for me. Um, I will say like, there are some boss fights, there are some encounters that it's like, oh man, like when you have that parry down, uh, and you're only fighting like one or two enemies, you're like, oh man, let's go. Like, I feel dope in this, in uh, this instance, a lot of the boss fights felt really fun. Um, but like when it gets to like a bullet hell type situation where you need to dodge or where you need to uh, like run around or, and like, you can't rely on your block or parry. I just felt like the mechanics weren't tight enough that it felt like, oh, this was I was I deserved to take this damage or I deserved to die there. Um, I don't know how long the game is. Like I stopped. I think I may have put like four or so hours. Let me see if I can boot it up and see how many hours it says I have put in there. But um, the story is wild. <laughs> like the story is very like interesting. Like the idea is like, oh, you have. You had this daughter. This daughter got taken by this warlock or wizard. You've been looking for her for years. You couldn't find her. Uh, now you have an adopted son. Um, and, like, this warlock shows back up, and you and your son go out to, to chase him down and find your daughter. And along the way, I mean, like, there's a lot of, like, moral dilemmas with this warrior who's, like, trying to decide if, like, he should hunt down his daughter at all costs or think about his family or think about his sworn duty to protect the the realm or whatever 
Um, and there are a lot of situations where I'm like, uh, you guys gave me two options. Like, what happens if I pick this option? Like, there's one, there's one option at the very beginning of the game where it's like, they're like, oh, yeah, like, you can either go with this dwarf to chase down your daughter and chase after Warlock, or you can stay here with your wife. I'm like, bruh, isn't the whole game to get my daughter? Like, what happens <laughs> if I stay with my wife? Like, I, I, I literally don't know. And then, like, I was expecting it to be that type of thing where it's like, oh, since I didn't stay with my wife, once I come back, she's going to be dead. But she was still alive. So I was like, dang, so what happens? And it's one of those <laughs> things where the game isn't out yet, so I can't just look up what these different paths um do but it's very interesting i am very curious to see like what other people's experiences are with the game and the story um but i think the game is interesting enough to see out um but personally for me the combat just was not tight enough to like feel 100 percent enjoyable the whole time through um yeah that, that's kind of my thoughts i I'll probably, I had a game breaking bug. I think the devs are working on patching it. If I can get that patch and resume where I left off, I'll continue playing it. I'll come back on the show later to give some more updated thoughts. But does anybody have any questions about this game, about the pitch, about the gameplay, anything like that? Um, Luke? Yeah, I have a couple questions. I'm curious. Mm -hmm. So you mentioned you had a few hangups with the gameplay despite in still enjoying it. Is the narrative compelling enough that you want to see it through for that aspect? I'm I'm curious. Uh, so it depends, right? Like if it's like if it turns out like yeah, I got like four hours left, five hours left. I'm like, nah, bro, I can't do it. I okay. like the narrative is good, but it's one of those things where it starts getting a little too heavy, right? Like we're talking like it feels like almost like Game of Thrones without the politics, where it's like, all right, there are these factions. Like, this stuff happened, like, a hundred years ago. This is the story behind this faction. So much of it is in just text. So it's like, mm. do I really want to sit here and read through a lot of these, um, like, texts to get the full picture of the story? Granted, the main story is still, there's still a lot going on there, and I would love to see how that ended. Uh, but if I didn't, I'd probably be fine with it. I am curious, because, like, I'll say this. There are a couple decisions that the main character makes or like there there are certain things that are revealed about the main character or, or their actions or stuff. And I'm like, I don't know how I feel like I don't I don't love my main character, like kind of like how Kratos is basically like Kratos in the early days where he's just wrecking people and he's <laughs> like not a not entirely a good guy. And you're kind of like, uh, you don't, I don't have know. that like, connection or that. Yeah, 100 sure. percent. Like, I'm interested to see how they resolve that um but well we'll see we'll see hmm. nice my other question um you mentioned within the gameplay mechanics there being some kind of light rpg elements where mm -hmm. you can it, it advance the different mechanics is that in depth enough would you say to like warrant multi hours of gameplay or does it kind of uh or have not, you not like seen enough to know if it progresses? You know what I mean? Yeah, it, it's very, very light. Like it okay. is like it's like RPG light plus Metroidvania plus. I would say where like a Metroidvania, you'll pick up new weapons and that'll allow you to get to new areas. That's basically it. what it is in this game. It's okay. very Metroidvania, but you get to upgrade those weapons uh, based off of things you find in the world. So like you'll look at the map and you'll see like a red circle. And that's basically like if you go and take on whatever challenge is at this red circle, you'll get a item that will allow you to upgrade a specific skill when you get to like your bonfire, essentially. Um, so, and none of the I mean, none of the skills I felt like really helped that much. Where I'm, I'm still getting my ass beat. Mm -hmm. Like, okay, Fair I got enough. a new combo with the sword. It's kind of cool, but it's not like I'm like, oh, okay, like I needed this upgrade now. This changes everything. Um, I do like the the variety of weapons that they show that they have. They have like this giant hammer that's like a big sweeping swing. That's pretty cool. Um, and you get like this crossbow that's also very cool and comes clutch in situations. And you also pick up. You also have like a ton of items, kind of like an Elden Ring, where you have a potion that'll heal you over time, or you'll have uh, throwing knives or stuff like that to help you out in battle, which which were the kind of RPG-ish aspect. Very, very rpg light, but kind of like the RPG-ish aspect comes in. Um, but, yeah, that's that's pretty that's pretty much the game. Right on. 
Any cool. other questions? Nah, none for me. I don't think right. I'm. I'm gonna be honest with you. I'm not. I'm not too sold on the game. Okay. As okay. as for right now, I have to wait till maybe if you uh, decide to wrap it up or uh, if, you, if you, you decide to play there. through it, just keep me I, up. I dig. I dig the art style a lot. The combat looks kind of cool, but then when you said you were a little bit like mid on it, I don't. I I don't know. We'll see. I'm I'm intrigued. Yeah. Yeah. If it comes to Game Pass, that feels like that would be like the tipping point of like I would give it a try at that point. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think the gameplay definitely like playing the gameplay, I'm like, there's somebody out there that will really, really enjoy this. Like, especially the lore and the aspect of like this world that they're building. The world seems really cool and there's a hundred percent people that are gonna love that. Um and same thing, like this challenging souls like uh gameplay. I don't think the controls are tight enough. Uh, but I'm sure there are people that are going to be like, oh, I love this challenge, blah, blah, blah. Um, right on. Interesting to see how many people fall in the middle of those two categories, right? Who are like, I love this lore and I love this challenge. Granted, I will say that there are accessibility options to make the game a lot easier. I basically put it on story mode on one of these final bosses because I'm like, bro, I, you, you are you are hoeing me, bro. I am not going to fight <laughs> you one-on-one, bro. So I just turned up, turned to story mode and, and, and took them down, but um yeah I'm, I'm interested to see what whoever you know ends up doing impressions on this um over, over the next week i'm curious what those uh reviews will be saying as well um moving on we got to talk about i mean luke it, it would be a disservice if we didn't talk about one of you know the newest bigging biggest gaming events in history uh with you coming on as is tradition uh grand theft auto 6 got Fucking hacked, bro. What? Oh, I always come on for the craziest news stories. It's like I know it's very know. serendipitous, but yeah, this was wild, absolutely I mean, wild. First question: I feel like, did y'all watch the footage? Like, how deep did you go with what was leaked, bro? Like, all right, this is what this is literally how crazy this was. It was like I saw this at midnight. I think everybody was talking about it on Sunday. I saw this on midnight on Saturday, and I saw somebody being like. I guess, I guess uh, Grand Theft Auto Six footage drop. I looked at it. And I was like, "Oh, that's funny." Like they're playing like some third party. They're playing some like game. Oh shit! But you saw 6. it. That's wild. And I was like, "Wait, did it leak?" And I was like, "I can't do it." I went to bed, and then I woke up, and everybody's losing their shit. <laughs> I'm like, what the? Uh, yeah. What did you guys like? So I didn't to answer your question directly. I didn't really analyze the footage. I saw a little bit of it, like of the character being in like. Uh, the female character being in the building and like some restaurant, like robbing it or something. Uh, but I didn't see a ton of footage. Um, Arsene, what about you? I saw, I kept seeing like little one minute clips. So I think I saw maybe about 10 to 12 of those um, all oh, over the place. Nah, really. Bro. I definitely Rockstar got about to take this fucking podcast down. They might take the podcast down. I got the, the smorgasbord. I got the little sampler meal. Uh, so I got to see kind of what was going on. And I, Thought it looked pretty solid. I'm not gonna lie to you. Like I, I know there were some, you know, those crazy ass uh, and people like this is what the game looks like. It's been nine years since uh, Grand Theft Auto Five. Why does the game look like this? And I'm like, bro, <laughs> this is development. The people just don't understand. Yeah, like, I, from, I, yeah, it was a very <laughs> big bruh moment. But I, I'm, I'm liking what I'm seeing, and I think all I can say is Rockstar, just keep up, keep on keeping on. It looks like it'll be, I have no worries personally, based off what I've seen. For sure. I think my initial take was just kind of sadness for the developers. I was thinking back to like um, the Last of Us Part 2 leak, like leaks just hurt the team. Ultimately, all the artists that like had their work showcased before they were ready, like it's just a bummer. And I saw, I think like a couple quick clips here and there and a couple screenshots but i didn't like seek anything out it was more just like twitter timeline what happened to be viewable but right yeah it it was just wild like the quantity though like 90 minutes of of gameplay is crazy um honestly like having it confirmed that the game is set in a vice city world like that was like long time rumored but the fact that it was like a set all but confirmed through these leaks like that was pretty wild um yeah it just anytime a game of this scale has something like this happen it just it's it's a big moment 
Yeah, I mean, like the interesting thing about it for me was like seeing it. I was like, oh, this is kind of crazy. But GTA for me, like looking at the Last of Us Part Two leaks, like hearing that leak, it's like, oh no, like this. It was a very game, different. Re- yeah, for yeah. sure. It's like I do not want to see anything. I don't want to hear anything. Like the game hinges on the story and those big moments. Grand Theft Auto, I think lives off the sandbox and just like the sheer amount of things you can do in the game so looking at the footage i'm like oh like they're in a store like that's pretty cool like i don't remember in gta 5 you being able to go into buildings like that um and having those kind of cool interactions so i kind of just saw that and that was kind of my takeaway like i think seeing gta and having it being spoiled now doesn't really matter to me because by the time it's fully polished and um like shown off I know they're going to be like, hey, this is why this was what makes GTA special. You're going to have this thing to do in the game, this thing, this thing, this thing. And for me, that doesn't that really can't be spoiled because you can tell me like I can see a leak that says, hey, in GTA six, you're going to be able to play tennis. But I think what GTA has up their sleeve is like, hey, until you actually see what it looks like, see to the level of detail that they're allowing you to do some of the stuff in this game, like you're not going to fully know. Like, right. so this kind of like, you know, pre-alpha footage or whatever, obviously, and especially to those uh, uh, nerds that were like, nah, how is this? Why does this look like graphics are the first things that are done? Like, I can't wait to see the look on their damn faces uh, when uh, this game re- gets revealed in like dang right. four years or whatever, wherever this is supposed to come out. Um, but yeah, I, I just thought that was kind of crazy. I feel like it was something yeah. that we had to talk about. I, I what one more thing just to add in real quick. I thought one positive thing that came out of this whole thing was I've seen on Twitter today a lot of different dev teams tweeting out early footage, early concept art of their games. Like specifically, I saw a developer from the control team from Remedy tweet out very early footage, and it was just like you could see the roots of the game that ended up being control, but like it was very basic. The environments mm. and textures weren't there. Like, um, you know, not all the way illustrated, but like you could see the basis of the game and it, it kind of harkened a lot to what we're seeing with Grand Theft Auto of like the roots are there, but it's not going to, it's going to look so different. And, mm-hmm. you know, I'd say we won't see the game release for at least two years, maybe more. Yeah. It's hard to say, but yeah, I just thought that was kind of cool of like developers coming to bat for each other of like, y'all don't know how this shit works. Like this is how games are developed. And that was cool. Yeah. hundred percent. Saw that same uh, control uh, post. And I thought that was pretty cool as well. Um, Did you guys see the thing with the uh, insider that got uh, exposed by, well, I guess he exposed himself um on twitter did you guys see that story this is with the rockstar stuff no this was something completely different so uh there was like this page like this leaker page called like insider leaks or something and like they were leaking all this stuff it wasn't like anything crazy it'd be like oh assassin's creed has set this 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 but the guy forgot to change his account he 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 was responding to somebody as the leak account, as his like main account, and so I was like, uh, I think he forgot. And this man, Jason Schreier, destroyed it. Once, once Jason Schreier got oh, a sniff, shit. Jason Schreier posted like eight images. And Jason was like, it seems like uh, the leaker is this guy. As you can see, like even the tweets are the same based on the capitalization of random letters. Blah 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 blah. So Whoa. it turned out that it was a YouTuber who was basically getting early access to games. And like literally signing NDAs or whatever, having embargoes and literally just going there and just tweeting on this other account for no reason, just to be like a leaker. It was so dumb. And like, people were were destroying this man. And it's crazy. When did this happen? uh, This happened like two days ago, like not, not too long ago. And this guy, I think his name was like Dan something Dan gaming or something. (laughs) And he had like 200,000 subscribers on YouTube. I'm like, bro, why are you doing this? This is so trash, bro. And like he had to post a statement. He was like, I'm ashamed of my actions. 
you know, blah, blah, yeah, blah. Right. It's so weird right. what people will do to get, like, that publicity pop. Like, come yeah. on, man. Yeah. I mean, and honestly, the leaks that he was saying weren't, like, personally, I'm interested what you guys think about this. Because I do follow, like, leaks. And, I like, I do try and, like, stay up to date on what's happening that hasn't been revealed yet. Um, but if it, like, I'm interested in, like, development leaks or, like, things where it's like, oh, like, at one point, Microsoft was considering making this type of game or Microsoft sure, was prototyping like this type of game. the story behind how we got kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, because, yeah, mm-hmm. like, I think when you see, when you hear leaks about Sony games or Microsoft games or Nintendo games, it kind of gives an idea to what the company is thinking and how they're trying to, like, build out their catalog or, like, how they're trying to you know, push things into a certain direction, whether it's hardware or software. Like, if you're just saying, oh, yeah, like, the Assassin's Creed, at, you know, is going to do this, this, and this, and they're going to tell us that in a press conference in, like, a week anyways, I don't think that's, I think that's just kind of lame, and it's just like, what's the point of that, right? Like, why, why are you telling us this just for, just to say that you know it before it actually gets revealed? I don't know. <laughs> like, Arsene, do you... I mean, I feel like you get all your leaks from me, but I know you're on Twitter as well. You see some stuff <laughs> mm-hmm. as well. Like, how do you feel about certain leaks? Do you not want to see it? Do you care about it? Like, wh- where are you? I feel like I'm never actively, you know, I'm not, obviously I'm not, I don't think any of us are like actively looking out for leaks or anything like that. It, it, I mean, typically, well. well, I feel like maybe you are a <laughs> bit more involved in that. For me, it either it's either coming from you or whatever is, you know, showing up on the right-hand side of Twitter, like the little trending. If I see something that, like, you know, piques my interest, I'm like, Grand Theft Auto? Why would that be trending right now? Something like that. That's the only way I really mm-hmm. get involved in that. So when I, like, with leaks, I'm I'm just not too involved with it, man. I feel like this guy, like, he's not, a really, he's not really appealing to me. You know what I'm saying? I don't know what, what, mm-hmm. uh, what his deal is. <laughs> Jacob? Yeah. Or Luke, I'm. I called you Jacob. Jacob We all made a lot of content together recently, <laughs> and I'll also take it as a compliment. Jacob, friend of the show, love it. Wow. Um, he incepted my brain there. <laughs> all good. Anyway, um, yeah, I I'm not a fan of leaks. I think there's kind of two types of leaks in my mind. The the bad kind of the this announcement is imminent, and we're spoiling it thus kind of ruining ruining the hype and then i i think certain leaks where it's like years off from being released and there's the oh assassin's creed might be set in feudal japan where it's like we don't know nothing's confirmed but like i think there's some fun speculation and discussion to be had amongst fans of those franchises like that I don't necessarily like have a problem with, but I do in terms of like anything that negatively hurts the developers, like don't share their work. Don't, don't, don't be an asshole, but like speculation and fan theories and like positive discussion, I think is, is all right. Yeah, I agree. Um, ironically, I'm like the person who's like, Oh yeah, don't tell me anything. No spoilers, no spoilers. Right. Also, yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> but, but if, it is... but if it's out there, you're like, well, I have to know. Cause then, <laughs> I mean, to a certain extent, right? Like, for video games, I think it's a very interesting case where it's like, you see, like, we've talked about this, um, I think, last week as well with uh, AJ um, on the episode as well. Like, people, studios will announce games so early. Like, we just got an Iron Man game announced today. And it's like, am I going to see that in the next four or five years? Like, when am I going to see that, right? Like, so... I do like to have some sort of updates or some sort of like temperature check, which I think Jeff Grubb does really well on like what the development looks like on a game. Like, am I going to sure. see this anytime soon? Like ever while it was revealed so long ago, what's going on? Oh, well it had a reboot internally. Oh, they're trying to figure out the, whatever's going on. It's like, okay, that allows me to kind of visualize um, what the year might look like, what the next couple years might look like. I it kind of, allows me to not get my hopes up about certain things, right? Like, I, I look back at, like, the moment where I hear about, like, at some E3, they had, like, Metroid Dread posters up. And this was, like, long time ago. We're talking, like, 2013, maybe even pre-2013. <laughs> they had Metroid Dread, like, banners up or marketing, and somebody took a picture of it and saw it, but they never revealed the game at that E3. 
Like it never came out. Interesting. People were like, people were like what? Like what happened to this game? Like what's going on? What happened to this game? So like last year when it finally got announced and there were all these speculation and rumors and leaks about it, people got super excited because there was this whole like lore and this whole like thing built up behind the scenes for people that were paying attention. For sure. So stuff like that is super cool when you have to wait so long for a payoff anyway. It's it's cool to like have some sort of generic or vague updates but um yeah like i have no i have no desire to see the actual content of the game until it's 100 percent ready so yeah for sure Thanks. all right guys this was a great episode i think we're running a little long there's some other stuff that happened this week tokyo game show was pretty interesting i, I feel like um if you guys weren't tapped into that uh go find the updates on you know ign or or wherever um because i felt like tokyo game show was almost like the japanese the jrpg e3 this year because there are so many announcements coming out of tokyo game show uh you know a lot of uh, budding partnerships it seems like with kojima out there shaking hands kissing babies all that stuff <laughs> so um, i'm very interested like even the demo for wo long i don't know if either of you got a chance to play the wo long fallen dynasty demo but that mm -mm. dropped uh, over the past week as well. So there's a lot of good stuff there. So everybody go out and check that out. But uh, I think it's time to wrap up. Guys, thank you guys for listening to the show. If you enjoyed it, please subscribe to us on your podcasting platform of choice and rate us five stars on iTunes or Spotify or wherever you listen to us. Tell your friends about us. If you want updates about future episodes and giveaways or you want to submit a question to the show, honestly, just join the Discord, playerplayerpod.com slash Discord. Link is also in the description. If you want to just learn about us, about the show, all that stuff, playerplayerpod.com. Uh, you can follow us on social media as well at playerplayerpod. Big shout out, as always, for Aaron Miller. Uh, to Aaron Miller for the intro music. You can follow him at the Miller Child on Instagram. You can find me on social media as the Hoop Man. You can find my co-host Arsene as Pax Arsenico on Twitter and Twitch, and Arsene Lakba on Instagram. And uh, Luke, where can people find you and your content? For sure, you can find me on Twitter at Lukewarm Lewis. You can find my podcast on Twitter as well at Lukewarm Games, and you can find the Lukewarm Games podcast on all major podcasting platforms. Very nice. And once again, guys, all of the the social medias, the links and all that stuff will be in the description of the episode. Just go there to find it. Until next time, guys, keep gaming. Game on, folks. <laughs>